step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Here's Galchenia, Cantonier scores! on allhabs.net with your host, Chris G. All right, welcome everybody to episode 195 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, January 21st, 2017. My name is Chris G, and you can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. Since our last episode, Canadians played four games. They won a couple, and they lost a couple. They beat the New York Rangers by a score of 5-4. to four. Then they lost back-to-back games on Monday against the Red Wings by a score of one to nothing, And then on Wednesday, 4-1 to one against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And then on Friday night, Canadians beat the New Jersey Devils by a score of 3-1. to one. What does that mean in the standings for the uh, Canadians? They have a record of 28-13-6. That gives them 62 points. They have a 10-point lead over the Ottawa Senators and the Boston Bruins, but the Senators do have four games in hand over the Montreal Canadiens. And it's kind of weird to look at the standings uh, this season with all these games in hand, and that's all because of the uh, bye weeks that are in the NHL that every team is going to get once Canadian captures during the month of February. In the Eastern Conference, Canadians are fourth place. In front of them, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Washington Capitals. Our question of the day for today's episode, in, a, in an interview this week, Mark Bergevin mentioned that he's looking for a, puck, a left-handed puck-moving defenseman and a second-line center by trade deadline. So our question is, what do you think are the chances that the Canadians, are, that Mark Bergevin is able to acquire both uh, those needs in time for trade deadline? And as well, on the Half360 Twitter account, there's also a poll question. Canadians' victory over the New Jersey Devils, is that just one win, or the Montreal Canadiens back on track? To answer a question of the day, you can do it via our Twitter account at Habs360, and you can also visit the uh, All Habs Facebook page, and you'll be able to leave your comments there as well. And in the third segment, we're going to open our phone lines to you, our listeners, to come in and give your thoughts. And joining us in approximately 20 minutes' time will be Andrew Sadala, guest contributor for allhabs.net, and he's going to join us for a little bit of a roundtable discussion on the latest on the Montreal Canadiens. But joining me for my co-host for today's episode, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites, you can follow Twitter at All Habs. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm good. I'm just I'm a little busy. I'm going to the, um, the Twitter account to answer your question of the week because those are really good questions. And uh, But otherwise, I'm good. How are you, Chris? 
I'm great. I'm great. And that's the reason why Hat360 is the most interactive and the most informative podcast that uh, you'll find. Uh, no holds uh, no holds barred, I guess, uh, on uh, when it comes to Montreal Canadiens on this uh, podcast. So let's get today's episode started. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on Hams 360. And, well, this is the most popular. This is a segment that everybody waits for every Saturday at 2 o'clock Eastern for the live edition or via iTunes or allhabs.net for the on-demand edition. It's the winners and losers of the week. If it's the first time you're listening, shame on you, but welcome. So this is a segment where myself and Rick, we each choose a winner, we each choose a loser, uh, Montreal Canadiens related over the last uh, seven days. And, well, we tell you why we made a, a good choice. And usually the way it happens is I'm right and Rick is wrong. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's start off with uh, the losers for this week. And, Rick, I'll let you go first. Well, you've heard by now, I, I hope you've heard, that Carey Price is a terrible goaltender. He's awful. He's just lost it. He's for, forgotten completely how to, to goaltend. Um, he's focusing right now on being a father. He's given up goaltending. Doesn't practice. He has no interest whatsoever. And, um, yeah, just a sieve in net. Um, of course, that's all nonsense. And no, Carey Price is not my loser of the week. Those who criticize Carey Price, or not that he, he, we can criticize him if, if it's justified, but those who, who irrationally criticize him, the Carey Price haters are my losers of the week. Um, and, and I don't even know where to start with the nonsense that's out there. But first of all, how about that, that Al Montoya is a better goaltender? Corey Todd on Twitter, who he says he's an ex uh, hockey player, which I think may, may have been confined to his driveway. He says, continue playing Montoya. Leave Price out long enough for him to get over what it is, whatever it is that's screwing up his game. Um, Habs loyalist JT on Twitter. Maybe it's time for Habs Montoya to get a few more starts. Couldn't hurt. Well, yeah, it could hurt a lot. And then, and then there's the infamous... Tony Marinero. Now, I know very little about soccer. As, as you know, Chris, I know very little about soccer. <laughs> Except I have an uncanny ability to pick the World Cup winners, and I don't know how that happens. But I readily admit that I know very little about soccer. But I know more about soccer than Tony Marinero knows about hockey. Um, and he's just dead wrong on everything. And and he's he's also... Um, doesn't have the courage to really defend any of his so-called points. Um, he, he just, you know, just putting the information out there that Al Montoya now has four wins in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So more, more Al Montoya there, Tony, or, or maybe, maybe Tony doesn't want Al Montoya. Maybe he wants Mike Condon because Tony also tweeted um, the uh, one, one loss record and uh, goals against average for December and January uh, for Carey Price and for Mike Condon. And, of course, Mike Condon's much better. And so, yeah, we want more of Mike Condon. I mean, it's just ridiculous, all of this stuff. It's, it's ludicrous. Um, I, I mean, you, you, have to, you have to look at just look at the losses in the past 10 days, the losses, the four losses in the past 10 days, the Canadians had a grand total of 82 shots on goal. That's an average of 20.5 shots per game. Their normal average is 30, well below it, 10 below, a third below. It's even much lower than the, the worst shot average in the league, which the New Jersey devils last night, they had 17, 17 or 18 shots on goal. Um, and New Jersey Devils are averaging 27 shots a game. So that in those losses, the Habs weren't generating scoring chances. They weren't drawing penalties. Um, goal scoring in those four games. 
they're at 0.7 goals per game, 0.75 goals per game, three goals total in the four losses. And people are blaming Carey Price. It's just, it's just absolute nonsense, absolute nonsense. And, um, you know, you can have your, you can have your Montoya's, you can have your Condon's if you want, uh, on your team. Um, but not on the Montreal Canadiens. Carey Price is, remains um, the, uh, he, he's not an issue. I think there are so many issues on this team. Um, you know, they, they, they turned things around a bit uh, last night against New Jersey, but uh, there are lots of issues on the team and goaltending certainly is not an issue on this team. Um, but there's even, there's even those people in the media uh, that aren't quoting statistics, but they're trying to help carry with his technique. And, and I think you have a clip from uh, 690's Mitch Gallo, uh, where he challenged uh, carry on his goaltending technique. You think I need to work on my blocker side? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, Mitch Gallo. He uh, asked him, uh, you know, you're letting in a lot of blocker goals. Um, do you, and Kerry challenged him. He just challenged him right back. You think I need to work on my blocker side? To which you, you wouldn't know, but uh, Mitch Gallo quickly, you know, cowered and shook his head. No, no. And Kerry said, okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these people are ridiculous. And Mitch, Mitch Gallo is, is an ardent uh, Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So he's happy that, uh, you know, happy to point out any kind of, deficiencies that he sees in, in Carey Price's game. Um, but uh, I, I really like the way Price answered, uh, answered him and, and put him in his place, really. What do you think, Chris? Well, if, if we talk about that specific question, yeah, I don't think whether it be Mitch Gallo or any reporter or even us, uh, me and you is, are able to, to tell Carey Price how to play goaltender. I don't think... Uh, we're in the right position to do that. They're the experts when it comes to Carey Price, Steve, uh, Stefan Waite. Uh, they're, they're the ones watching the tape and any trends that, that me and you or Mitch Gallo or Tony Marinaro have seen, Stephen Waite has, has already, he already knows about it. I don't think he, he expects us to uh, call them or send them a tweet and tell them, you know what, I think you should work on, on Carey Price's blocker side. If, if it's something that needs to be worked on, they already know about it, and they, they're already taking the uh, the steps to uh, to resolve that. When it comes to to Carey Price, last week he was my loser of the week, uh, Carey Price, and I'm no one close to being uh, part of the gang that says the Canadians should uh, play Al Montoya more, or they should have kept Mike Condon, or the Canadians should trade Carey Price or not. I'm not even close to uh, to that, but I just think that Carey Price is struggling. He was struggling last week uh, as well, and this week his numbers didn't help with um, to reassure fans, to reassure me. In the three starts that he had this week, he allowed a total of uh, nine goals, four against the Rangers, four against the Penguins, and one against the uh, Red Wings. That gave him a save percentage of the eight. 86. So that's that's not a good save percentage to have over the last three games, and he's allowed three goals or more in eight out of his last ten starts. So, Carey Price, um, he's not the number one reason why the Canadians are are losing. I'm not. Well, if they lost a couple of games, I'm not there putting the blame on him. Blame on him. I think there's the the defense is where it lacks. Uh, as well, Canadians have allowed, I think it's uh, 63 shots over the last three games or two games or whatever the amount uh, is. So that gives about 20 shots a game, which isn't a, uh, a huge number. But I do think that Carey Price is one of the players that needs to uh, to step up. I think the Canadians, Rick, if the Canadians want to go to a, a long playoff run this year, He'll have to do better than the, uh, example, the 886 save percentage that he's had since our last episode. Yeah, numbers are interesting things because it's how they're interpreted. And if, if you kind of break it down individually, uh, just look at the game 
in uh, uh, against Pittsburgh. Um, so coming out of that, Price had a goals against average of 4.00. So for those people that are using his numbers to blame him and point out that he's he's uh, been bad or he has to get better, they would say he he solely earned that 4.00 goals against average. Yet if you watch that game, he was blameless on on all but the, the – I didn't like the last goal, but the game was over by then. Uh, but he was blameless on the first three goals. The, the Penguins just outplayed the Canadians. And defense, as you say, is, is a huge problem. Um, and so I think using the numbers to say, okay – we're going to hang all these numbers as as a noose around the neck of Carey Price is just is just too simplistic. That's all. And and also like if you look at like another, I'm just going to relate to different stats. If you look, for example, at the at the plus minus, if you have a team where all the players are in the plus, and then you have a player who's played like uh, the same amount of games and he's in the minus, it, it kind of says something on a player. So I'm using that same logic, and when you look around the league. Uh, 86A percentage, it wouldn't put him on the top. It would put him mostly as a uh, as a struggling goaltender. So that's how I, I relate the uh, the 886A percentage. It's just you know at one point you have to make that I don't know. You have to make the saves. You have to uh, help help your team. Speaking of uh, Almontori, like uh, like Rick mentioned. He had an easy night last night, 16 saves against the New Jersey Devils, as he did get, uh, like Rick mentioned, well, I should say like Tony Mariar mentioned, his, uh, his fourth win in a row. And it seems uh, he's going back up. He had gone a little bit of a slump as well, uh, starting the Columbus game. And that looks like his game is, uh, he's doing his job as a backup goaltender. So let's move on now to my loser of the week. And for mine, we'll go back to the last Saturday's game against the New York Rangers. And my loser is the, the referees on the edge for that game and the, the NHL, the, the, the command center, the league, whatever you want to call them, I throw them in there. And the reason is, at 6.20 of the second period, Hayes from the New York Rangers, he was in the crease, started trying to get a rebound, and then his right skate tangled with Terry Price's uh, right pad, and he dragged them out of the crease, and that led to the Rangers scoring a goal. I can understand the referees because, you know, the the game is fast. Maybe if he wasn't looking, he didn't notice what happened. So I'm I can give the benefit of the doubt of the referee that was right there that didn't see it. But then on the coach challenge, when they reviewed that play, how can you not call that? goalie interference. Like, I'm not saying that Kevin Hayes did got tangled up with Carey Price on purpose. I'm not saying that at all. I don't think it should have been a penalty either. It's just they got tangled together. But when you drag Carey Price out of the net, he prevented Carey Price from making the stop. And he could have made the stop if he wouldn't have been dragged. If he wouldn't, would not have been dragged. If you look at the replay from the overhead, you saw that he, he was in position. The league's official uh, position on this one was that the referee confirmed that the incidental contact was outside of the crease between Hayes and Price and therefore is not considered a a goaltender interference. Let's hear what the coach has to say about that play after the game and then we'll hear from Mike Price. We were sure 100% that... uh, um, they were going to refuse the call. And like I said, you know, it's a it's a fast game. It's an emotional game. And sometimes, you know, it happens that players get bad nights and coaches, we could have bad nights and, and referees could get bad nights. And uh, we thought tonight that uh, uh, we didn't agree with that call. Disagree with the call. So that's all I got to really say about it. So, Rick, for a second week in a row, are you going to agree with the coach? I'm going to agree with the coach, although I'll add something. Not only do referees have bad nights, the NHL officials in Toronto can have bad nights, and that was a horrendous night. You also remember that Shaw, um, there was some incidental contact with, with Ranta. Was he pushed in? But 
um, that happened quite early on the play. And Ranta still, he was uh, able to recover. He was there for the, uh, for the, 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 the save, uh, which he didn't make, but yet they waved that goal off. So, okay. I, I, I don't, understand that but if that's your rule then just be consistent but the the kevin i've never seen anything like that kevin hayes as i as i wrote in in my game recap he dragged carrie price from the from the crease to the end boards and down the zamboni tunnel um and carrie price had no chance to make the save and yeah was reaching back he could have been there to uh to to uh, make the save on on rick nash um but I, I don't know. That, that was bizarre. It was just bizarre. And we see this all the time that different officials call um, uh, plays differently. Um, even sometimes, you know, the same official calls, calls plays differently in the same game. Uh, but depending on the, on the night and, and all of this business about, okay, they go and they look on their, you know, their little iPad with the questionable resolution and, and that the, the league office tends to defer to them. Um, If you have all this equipment, if you have all this technology, just take it out of the referee's hands uh, and, and have the league off uh, the war room uh, be consistent. Uh, Cause otherwise we don't know, we don't know what's a goal and what's not, what's goaltender interference and what's not. And I'm sure the players don't either. Um, You know, the coach was confused. Carrie price, uh, disagreed and um, and and didn't want to you know talk anymore about it. It 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 was it was bizarre. One of the most bizarre calls of the, the season so far. Yeah, I agree, and that just caused pure uh, pure confusion. All right, so let's move on now to our winners. And Rick, why don't you start with uh, your winner of the week? Um, how about Alex Galchenyuk? Um, he he was he was injured for a bit. Um, and he came back um, and um, didn't light it up right away and uh, was criticized um, by the coach. Um, the, Michelle Terrian said that, that uh, you know, he's um, taken a step back. He wasn't at the same level as, as when he, uh, when he was injured Um which seemed to uh, annoy uh, Galchenyuk a little bit, and Galchenyuk, his his answer um, was was pretty pretty strong last night with a three point night. Um, overall, in his twenty nine games, um, Galchenyuk has uh, eleven goals, sixteen assists, twenty seven points. Um, he has eleven power play points, uh, which is third only to uh, Weber and Radulov. Um, He's got a 22% shooting percentage, ridiculous, which seems, which is uh, second on the team. And he leads the team 0.93 goals, uh, 0.93 points per game. Um, so it, it seemed a little bit odd for Tarion to bump him down to the uh, third line, uh, then reuniting him with uh, Pacioretty and um, uh, Radulov on the power play and those three combined for all three goals last night. So it was interesting to hear uh, Galchenyuk last night and, and kind of uh, push back a bit on, on Tarion's comments. It's funny you say that because I think it was such a, made such a big deal out of if I lost my rhythm or if I lost my game and stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I knew I had to go out there and uh, just play my game. And uh, like I've talked after... You know, the last game we we didn't get a lot of scoring opportunities, and uh... yeah, and I I I thought that was very interesting. Um, he thought it was kind of silly that people were people, uh, in other words, Terrian thought that he was uh, had lost his 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 game. Um, nice and nice answer on the ice, a nice answer uh, post game from Alex Galchenyuk. So um, he's my winner of the week. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a, it's a good choice. Uh, I think it was a little bit uh, harsh by the coach to put him down to the third line. He, he had started off the first three games with uh, Pacioretty and Radulov, and we found a game against the Rangers. He scored a goal pretty quick. I think it was under one minute in when uh, he already 
put a puck behind the net. And if you look at the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, it, it just wasn't working for, for anybody. So I'm not sure why in particular Galchenyuk was the one that was picked on from the coach, but he did have certainly a, uh, a good answer to uh, to the coach. And following the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, Michel Therrien did say that, you know what, maybe I put in my game too many responsibilities right away, right off the bat. So that's what he was putting in down with Andrew Gatto and Shaw. Was he hoping that uh, Galchenyuk would get, I guess, better matchups from against the New Jersey Devils defense? Was he trying to spread out the offense? Who knows what the logic behind it was. But regardless, three points against the Devils for Galchenyuk, four points in the last episode, four points in, uh, in four games. And if you look at the Canadians down the middle right now, it looks like Galchenyuk with it and the Philip Benoit is your top three centers. And that's not uh, that's not bad to have down the middle. And we heard Benjamin is trying to improve that, but we're going to talk about that uh, later on today's episode. Um, my winner of the week, well, it's more than one person. It's going to be the whole unit. It's the power play unit of the Montreal Canadiens. Since our last episode, they went 3 for 11, 27%. Which is, which is a higher, a better pace than, than the number one team in the NHL has. The Columbus Blue Jackets were number one in the power play, had a percentage of 24.6. The Canadians this week were much better than the Columbus Blue Jackets. And the Canadians, since the beginning of the season, they're seventh place in the NHL with a 22.6% power play success rate. Let's hear Galchenyuk once again, who spoke about the Canadians on the power play. I think we really, you know, made great plays, and uh, we were trying to help each other. Whatever one guy had the puck, we you know we tried to be giving close support and uh, be more involved, not to spread out. And uh, when we had the opportunity to shoot, we would, we would take a shot. And uh, I think that play when I give Raz Raz gave was you know he had a lane boom shot. Um, you know we have uh, so much. So much skill on there, and I think we really used used it, and uh, you know, just trust our skill set today. And the credit as well goes to the Canadian coaching staff, Michel Terry and Kirk Muller, as as well. They tried some different things. They they put Yalchenyuk on the on the point, so they went with the four forwards. And if you look at the last night's power play unit, the first power play unit was Pacioretty with Yalchenyuk and Radulov, who ended up. Uh, scoring all the goals with the Weber and Bull, you at the point. And then the second power play unit, they had Byron Plekanec and uh, Andrew Shaw. Rick, uh, that first power play unit to me looks good, but the second power play unit, I don't know, Byron Plekanec and Shaw doesn't uh, look too scary to me. But Rick, uh, you got to give credit to Canadian power play, especially as of late. Right, and and interestingly, you disagreed with. Uh, Coach Terrian moving Galchenyuk down to the third uh, line, and you're you're positive about the power play, which, as we all know, Kirk Muller was run in uh, brought in to uh, look after the power play. So uh, this is something of a, a revelation too that you're um, agreeing with Muller, you're promoting Muller, you're you're grateful to Muller for the power play, and yet um, uh, disagreeing with Terrian. I think I think this is a uh, the day we need to mark on the calendar. Well, I, I just want to be fair with with Terry. When he when he deserves the credit, we give it to him. But when he deserves the criticism, he should get it as well. I just find that in general, it's very lopsided when it comes to coach. So I'm just trying to be fair, Rick. Well, of course. Uh, and, but the power plays uh, look very good, uh, particularly with with uh, Galchenyuk back. You're right about the the, the second wave. Um, I I I would hope that um, you know Beaulieu has been not bad on the on uh, the the power play despite his his struggles in his own end uh, he's been good but it's going to be nice to have for many reasons it's going to uh, be nice to have Andre Markov back uh, particularly on the power play and we see that uh, Markov was skating today so that's very good news. All right, so those were our winners and our losers of the week. We're going to take our first break here on the Apps 360 podcast. On the other side, we'll be joined by Andrew Sadal, a guest contributor for allhabs.net. We'll have a little bit roundtable discussion on uh, 
for the Montreal Canadiens and their latest news. Don't forget to answer our question of the day via Twitter at Habs360 or on the All Habs Facebook page. What are the chances the Canadians get a puck-moving defenseman and a second-line center by trade deadline following a recent interview of Mitchell Benjamin on the radio this week? Stay with us. This is the Habs360 podcast featuring allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs 360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season, I will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs360 podcast and follow Habs360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. Habs360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back to episode 195 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, January 21st, 2017. My name is Chris G. at the Christy along with Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief of the All Habs Network of Sites. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. And joining us now on the line to talk some Montreal Canadiens, He's guest contributor for allhabs.net. It's Andrew Sabella. Hey, Andrew. Hey, how's it going, Chris? Doing good. Thank you very much, and thank you for for joining us as well. Well, thanks for inviting me, and uh, it's good to be talking to you guys again, and uh, Rick as well. Yeah, happy you're here. Thank you very much. So, Andrew, last night, Canadians beat uh, the New Jersey Devils 3-1, following a two-game uh, losing streak, I guess, against the Detroit Red Wings and the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's a poll question that we posted on the Habs360 Twitter account. Do you think it was just a win or are the Canadians back on track? Well, I think people have to sort of be realistic in terms of, you know, expectations that they have towards the Montreal Canadiens, right? This is a, a darn good team. You can't deny the fact that, you know, they're still overall in the league. They're in sixth place. Uh, you know, they're eighth in goals against their, uh, you know, despite the fact that Carey Price, quote unquote, you know, has had bad performances lately. Um, I, to be honest with you, I wrote just a win, but only for one reason. Um, I don't think there's going to be any sort of slump, I, uh, you know, by the Montreal Canadiens. I think we've seen hints of it here and there recently, but truth be told, there's clearly not going to be any of those, uh, you know, the epic collapses that we've witnessed last year. And the only reason they said it's just a win against the New Jersey Devils, um, and that's not to take anything away from uh, the Devils themselves or the organization, but they're, you know, right outside of the playoff bubble. They're not exactly, you know, a cup contending team. So I think they're a bit of an inferior uh, opponent 
And that's the only reason why I said it's just a win. But I do strongly believe that this is just, a, you know, it's just going to, uh, you know, set off a series of wins by the Canadians. They're playing the Buffalo Sabres tonight. They're hosting them at home. And you'd have to think that they're going to put out a way better effort than they did the last time out at the Bell Centre against the uh, Penguins. Yeah, and I tend to agree. I think that uh, the Devils, they didn't look good uh, last night. But I think it's still good for the conference, for the Canadians. Like you said, a team like the Sabres should be a win for the Canadians, the Flames, the Islanders. So we need a schedule coming up for the Canadians. Rick, uh, what, what did you vote on that full question? Yeah, the, the, the Devils, Devils are a 24th place team in the league. Um, they were playing their backup goalie in Keith Kincaid. Um, and the Canadians were coming in with, with some... Uh, I think specific agenda items, things on their to-do list, um, improving their five on five play. We talked in the last segment about how their um, shot totals have been hovering around uh, 20 per game. Uh, Their, their goal scoring has been 0.75 per game in those losses. Um, They haven't been drawing penalties. Um, And uh, so all of these things have a, you know, a a weak uh, penalty kill. All of these things were, um, they wanted to address, I, I think. And yes, it was a, a weaker opponent, but I think they did pretty well. Um, they, the devils went over for two on their power play. Um, so check that box off. They were perfect on the penalty kill. Uh, Jakob De La Rose seems to be fitting in nicely and, and, and proving, uh, you know, his, his value. Um, they scored three goals. They had 26 shots on goal. All of those things, we checked those off. They drew seven penalties. Um, you know, we wanted to see improved uh, even strength play. Eh, give them half a check mark for that. They controlled the neutral zone for sure against a weaker team. Um, they still weren't creating those, those A-quality scoring chances last night, and we want to see more of that. Um, but I, I think they, they took a big step to addressing some of the, the issues. Now let's see if they can be consistent and, and do that again, um, you know, with, with, with a better quality opponent. Yeah. And a better quality opponent that, you know, always gives the Canadians a run for their money. You know, uh, this is a, the Buffalo Sabres, in my opinion, are one of the most underrated teams in the national hockey league. They have a pretty, pretty strong offense. All things considered, they have some pretty high profile names there. Um, and don't forget against the Devils also, as, as much as I agree with you, Rick, you know, uh, from a system, uh, systematic point of view, the Habs really played the system through and through. Uh, and, and kudos to Michel Terrien for, um, you know, for all the changes that he made, including, you know, the sort of the motion. I don't want to call it that, but placing Alex Galchenyuk uh, next to Andrew Ghetto and uh, Andrew Shaw. I didn't really see that as a demotion. I think it, it kind of makes sense uh, for now, but it's just a matter of time before Galchenyuk is back on the first line. Um, and also yesterday they were playing against a depleted offense. You know, like you said, they didn't have the, the Devils didn't have their number one goaltender uh, in Corey Schneider, and they also uh, ha- were missing Adam Green, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's out with an injury for the time being. So it should definitely be an interesting game tonight. And again, it's a matter of making sure you put on a good show in front of your fans because uh, the last two outings have been very mediocre, to say the least. And, uh, and Andrew, uh, Rick and I have been having this discussion that with the Canadians recently when it comes to the number of goals that they've allowed, Rick has put 0% of the blame on Carey Price. I think that mm-hmm. Carey Price has been, um, has been struggling. I think he needs to get better, and I'm not putting 100% of the blame on Carey Price. So tell Rick why he's wrong. <laughs> well, that's why, wow. that's why you invited Andrew. Oh, wow. I'm wondering why. Yeah, that's, that's not a leading question at all, is it, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, you know, Rick, I think... I have a tendency to agree with Rick, Chris, so I'm sorry, but you're probably going to lose at this game. I'm just telling you now. Uh, <laughs> but Rick, Rick made a really, you know, he, he made a really interesting point. Statistics are exactly that. They're statistics and they're up for interpretation. And, of course, there's no denying that, yeah, Carey Price has let in the occasional soft goal. I think overall also his technique has been very un-Price-like, uh, dropping to his knees very early, 
you know, allowing a lot of goals on his blocker side. Um, just ask Mitch Gallo of TSN 690, you know, the, the, the goaltending expert, apparently. Um, look, you know, it's, it's the good thing is, look at it this way, that there's still, you know, even with Carey Price playing, you know, very poorly, uh, well, I don't want to say very poorly because he's still making a lot of key saves and key times. Um, he's, I can't really say that Carey Price has cost the Montreal Canadiens a single game, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he has, has he let in, uh, you know, one too many soft goals recently? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, anybody who watches the games knows that. But at the same time, you know, you're still getting – it's still carried price. And this guy is a proven winner through and through at every single level that he has ever played uh, from the juniors, the HL to, uh, you know, even internationally uh, representing Team Canada – this guy has always won championships and has always been the MVP. So he knows how to bounce back. He knows how to bounce back. And I think the only issue is, is maybe right now, you know, goaltenders, a lot, of, a lot of their confidence comes from exactly that, from the fact that they have to convince themselves that everything is okay. They have to uh, remind themselves that everything is going to be fine and that, they're, you know, you let in a bad goal, that's fine. Focus on the next save. And I'm really not worried for Carey Price. Um, and on that note, I'm really happy to see uh, Al Montoya win a couple of games in a row as well because he struggled uh, right before the new year uh, for a little bit. So, um, of course, the, the injury to Andre Markov, uh, you know, as much as Markov has slowed down, his brain seems to just be getting sharper and sharper and his vision and his hockey sense is just absolutely, you know, damn near impeccable. Um, so I think that's sort of something that's missing as well, uh, the presence of Andre Markov. But overall, not worried about Carey Price at all. It's just a matter of time before he starts uh, uh, racking up the wins, hopefully starting tonight against the Buffalo Sabres. And Matt, there's, uh, sorry, Matt. Andrew, there's, there's a message from Matt. I have you tweet on Twitter if you're right. He remembers scoring a few goals on you blocker side. So I think he just wanted me to throw that out there. <laughs> He, re- he remembers what? Sorry, I missed that. Oh, he wrote, he wrote uh, I remember scoring a few goals on Andrew's blocker side. Nice. That's possible. That's possible. I'm a, I'm a small guy. You know, I've played ball hockey. I've never played, you know, ice hockey. Um, you know, I, being Egyptian, I guess, you know, skating isn't necessarily in my blood kind of thing. But, um, you know. Uh, so we have two guys here that can't skate. Well, I can skate. I'm just not. You know, <laughs> um, maybe not as smooth as someone like you know PK Subban is necessarily, but you know I can I can hold my own and uh, pick up hockey. I think uh, I can't. There's certain directions I can't turn. You know, like I can't rotate towards my right kind of thing. But you know, I'm definitely not going to be giving any skating clinics uh, anytime soon. <laughs> That's for sure. And and speaking of uh, Andre Markov, you spoke about him in your in your last answer. It's his final year of his contract. If you're Bergevin, what do you do? Do you look to uh, to extend on Jay Markov? Uh, I think you make him an offer. Uh, I think you tell him, listen, you know, uh, we're moving in a different direction soon enough. Uh, hopefully, Beaulieu finally starts showing some consistency. Uh, that's if he doesn't get traded. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev is, um, should be close to being ready by next year, maybe halfway through the season. Uh, credit to Mark Barbario as well, who's, who's, you know, who gets a lot of flack because he has an up and down game here and there, but overall he's done pretty well. Uh, I think anyways, it just really depends on whose defensive partners are, but you make an offer to Markov, you tell him, look, we'll sign you for one more year at, you know, a discount rate, take it or leave it. Uh, or you try to find uh, somebody who's willing to, to trade for, uh, Andre Markov. Uh, I look at the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, they might be Atlantic Division rivals, but they sure as heck could use some help on the blue line. That's really been their their struggle. So if there's a way where you can package, you know, Andre Markov with a couple of picks maybe or something like that uh, for, let's say, and I'm just throwing this out there, maybe for like a Henrik Zetterberg uh, who could fill in the 2C role, uh, you know, it's a heavy contract for sure for Zetterberg, but he doesn't seem to necessarily be slowing down either. I just, overall, I don't think Andre Markov is back next year unless he accepts a one-year deal on a, on a discount. 
So, um, Andrew, you, you seem to have a little bit of a bee in your bonnet, as they say, when it comes to the respect or lack of respect uh, given to the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, Max Pacioretty. Oh, yeah. You have two articles, um, uh, an article and a follow-up um, on allhabs.net um, mm-hmm. about the subject. Why don't, why don't you just, uh, in the short time we have left, why don't you uh, uh, give a summary of your your observations uh, on Pacioretty and, and the lack of respect? Sure, I'd love to do that. Listen, um, first of all, I have to say I was listening to the podcast from the beginning, and Rick, you've been pointing out that uh, you know the mainstream media has been disrespectful towards some of the players. Um, I'm not necessarily looking to make a living off of you know uh, calling out the mainstream media for questionable journalistic uh, practices, uh, but there have been instances where uh, when Max Pacioretty started the season off, uh, his first 22 games were unspectacular. Uh, he had five goals and I believe 14 points overall. Uh, and people, you know, started being really, really disrespectful towards him. Uh, certain media outlets that I prefer not to name uh, right now, you guys can definitely go check out my, uh, my articles on the allhabs.net uh, website. Uh, painted him in a very negative light. Um, and and I just found that wholly disrespectful towards the captain of the most storied franchise in the National Hockey League. Even, uh, I think, right after training camp, somebody had the courage to ask Max Pacioretty, are you going to give your captaincy to Shea Weber? I mean, what kind of a boneheaded question is that? How could you be so disrespectful to somebody who's proven himself over and over and over again for this organization, who always faces the music, who's always there to answer questions before, after practices and games, who always tells it like it is and seems to be well-respected and adored by uh, journalists. But for some reason, I felt like maybe there was some kind of conspiracy to push Max Pacioretty out of uh, Montreal when in reality... I mean, look at his stats, his, his, his goals, like his, the streak that he's on right now, the amount of game-winning goals that he scored just in the last five years alone. I mean, I, I was just kind of disgusted by the way people have treated him, uh, especially in the mainstream media. And then I find it kind of funny that a month and a half, approximately, after I you know, wrote the article saying we need to respect Max Pacioretty because he damn well deserves it, a lot of mainstream members... Uh, a lot of uh, members of the mainstream media started saying things along the lines of, oh, you know what, Pacioretty deserves respect now, and he deserves respect now. I'm not saying I'm the only person who said it, uh, but I felt like he deserved to have respect even while he was uh, slumping. And um, that, that sort of covers it. You know, I have no issues quoting articles or tweets or whatever it may be uh, where, where people are, are just being, you know, rude or... Or, or downplaying Max Pacioretty's achievements and his leadership capabilities, I highly doubt anybody on the Montreal Canadiens team right now looks at Max Pacioretty and says, I'm not sure this guy is our uncontested leader. I think unanimously people know that he's the number, uh, their number one leader without an ounce of a doubt in my mind. Anyways. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there, there was a questioning of his leadership, as you said, questioning of his heart, uh, his, mm-hmm. his commitment, uh, and then there was the questioning of his his masculinity, which was way over the top. Anyway, uh, for to to uh, to read more, uh, go to allhabs.net and look for uh, Andrew's um, uh, article. Both articles, uh, both were very good. But uh, thank you. We uh, we appreciate you joining us. This is uh, this has been great. Glad to have your uh, your feedback and your opinions, uh, and do a bit of a roundtable with you this week. Yeah, thank yeah, you sure. Very much well, it's my pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. And uh, sorry I hugged the mic a little bit. I didn't realize I was doing that. <laughs> no problem. All is good. You are our guest here on the Habs 360 podcast. Well. So thank you very much. And I will be reading, looking for your next post as well on allhabs.net. Thanks, Andrew. Great. Thank you, guys. Take care. All right. We're going to take a, a quick break here on the Habs 360 podcast. On the other side, we're going to tackle our question of the day. Mark Bergevin, he said in an interview that Canadians are looking for a left-handed puck-moving defenseman and a second-line center. What do you think are the chances of him getting that? Let us know via Twitter at Habs360 on the All Habs Facebook page, and our phone lines are open, 
1-877-455-4945. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Habs360 is proud to be a partner of websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. It's episode 195 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, January 21st, 2017. My name is Chris G, at Chris G1980 on Twitter, and uh, Rick Stevens, at allhabs, from uh, the allhabs.net uh, website, is the editor-in-chief. Uh, our question of the day that we asked on Twitter and on the allhabs Facebook page is an interview this week. Mark Bergevin mentioned that Canadians, that he's interested in a left-handed puck-moving defenseman and for a second-line center. So we asked you, our followers, our listeners, what are your thoughts of what are the chances that Canadians get both prior to a trade deadline? And we can start off with uh, some comments on the Twitter. First one comes from Tarts. P.I., he just replied, ha, ha, ha. So I don't think he's uh, <laughs> think it's going to happen. Uh, Gino from uh, Laval, he writes, slim to none. All the guy does is talk. Talk is cheap. So thank you very much for the tweets. Not much confidence in Benjamin from, uh, from Gino. Nick from uh, Ottawa, he writes, D, a defenseman is more important. Next week comes from Scott Thompson, and he's asking, uh, and Rick, I'll let you respond to this one, about the Canadians getting Matt Duchesne, and he's so excited, Scott, about Matt Duchesne that he's hoping that his flight lands on time for tonight's game against the Sabres. <laughs> well, Matt, I'd, I'd love Matt Duchesne. I, say, I said that during the World Cup, that um, I really love to see what Matt Duchesne could do. Um, the issue is, and, and I've said this before here, that um, Mark Bergevin knew the situation uh, in the offseason. He knew the situation. He knew how his centers were lining up. He knew his needs. Um, but he, he made some risky assumptions, and he assumed that, um, that uh, David D'Arnais would be able to handle, you know, uh, the load um, that he's he's never been able to handle before. 
he made the assumption that that Nathan Beaulieu would would um, be able to um, be that that second pairing defenseman, and he's he's really struggled not on the offensive side but on the defensive side. So now he's put into the situation, as you said, that he's looking for the things he should have been looking for in the off season, second line center and a puck moving defenseman, left-handed puck moving defenseman. So to go and get Matt Duchesne right now, great. That would, that would be, that would bolster the, the lineup immensely, but it's always what you have to give up. And at this time of the year, you have to give up a lot, an awful lot. And um, I don't know that I'm, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have Matt Duchesne, but, I'm very afraid at uh, what you'd have to give to Colorado to make that happen. Uh, and I think the the same when it comes to any trade, whether it comes for the uh, the satellite center or the pump moving defenseman, they're going to have to give up uh, something significant to to get any of those of those two assets. And I don't think the Canadians right now have anything that's uh, worth. Uh, that's worth a lot. What are they going to give up? Like, is it to a point where they should give up? No, no, I was sorry. I'm not going to say give up. That they're going to trade away a prospect like Sergeyev to pick up one of these two needs? Are they going to go and give away somebody like uh, I don't know Noah Jolson? Because if you're looking to give away a player like um, like Bolger who's been struggling, or somebody like Thomas Plakanitz who who effectively hasn't had much success this year, and he has a huge cap there attached to him. Or if you want to give away Don, uh, Don, uh, David Bernet, you're not going to get much in re- return. So, yes, it'd be good to have Duchenne or even a fucking defenseman, but I don't think the Canadians have the, the players to uh, to make that kind of trade uh, work. So so thank you very much for the tweet, Scott. Mo, Mo Bouchard writes, he has to do it now. A lot can change in a calendar year, and Habs will be relatively healthy at deadline day this year. So, thank you for the tweet, Mo. And it looks like, you know, it also depends because Mo brings up a good point, Rick. If the Canadians think that this is the year they want to go for it, then they might overpay to acquire whether it be Duchenne or or any other second line center that they're looking for. Yeah, um, that's that's the calculation. That's always the calculation. That is is this the season? Um, you're, you're, we've talked about the problems that they have. Um, you'd need at at least those two pieces uh, to be able to compete in my in my estimation. Um, and that's assuming that that the rest of the the lineup remains healthy. Um, so um, it's it's a big risk. It's a big risk and, and risks the future. And like you say, to give up a Sergachev, uh, that that sets their plans back a, a fair ways because he's supposed to be. He's and and a Juleson, um, They're the ones. They're the heir apparents to come in and and be uh, top four defensemen. And um, that's that's very very risky. Iron Man writes better chances to get a center than a decent defenseman. Wouldn't sell the farm goal. Maybe that no can sustain being a long-term solution. So thank you for the tweet. Uh, next one comes from Gino, who is not a fan he, of the Mark Bergman. He writes, he is all, he is all talk, no action. Habs still need a lot of help. So thank you for the tweet. Uh, Dolores writes, uh, they said Dupin PK would solve their woes, right? Even sports reports thought they looked better on paper. And so thank you for the tweet, Dolores. And then Steven, Steven Greer writes, if Habs are to go deep into playoffs, they need a second-line center. And yes, like any other team, the puck-moving defenseman wouldn't hurt. And uh, bye-bye writes, bye-bye from Halifax writes, he wants what every contending team wants, not enough talent available and too expensive. He cannot sell the future for, uh, for one run. All this to do with the last part of it, where if if we're 100% sure that these changes will bring the cup to Montreal Canadiens, I think you got to do it because it's not easy to win a Stanley Cup in the NHL. So thank you very much for the tweet. Rick, what does it look like on the All Habs Facebook page? On the All Habs Facebook page, we have um, 
Uh, Teresa Philippot, who said that Hansel or Duchesne, we'd have to pay too much for them on a smaller scale. Go get Anthony Declare for Houdon or uh, Sven Andergetto. Um, well, one of those, either Houdon or Andergetto, you're not going to get Anthony Declare for. They're asking um, uh, an awful lot for Anthony Declare. And Anthony Declare doesn't really fit a need. Um, he's not a center. Uh, I, don't, I don't see that happening. Uh, Jeremy Foote says trade Fukali uh, for all of their wants and some other pro- prospects for all of their wants. Uh, Fukali's in the, he's doing fine. He's in the ECHL. I, I don't know what his uh, trade value is. Um, Phil Casey said, we don't need a puck moving defenseman. Bullion moves the puck. Well, uh, his problem is in, in his own end, obviously. Uh, Darian Dion says go for Duchesne. And again, we've talked about um, what, what that would would cost. Um, Ron Koffler says um, he's not going to get anything. I'm talking about Bergevin because he sits on his hands every trade deadline. I'm not <laughs> sure that's true. Um, Tim Soliveld says, what about Truba from uh, the Jets? I live in Winnipeg and I would love to see the Habs acquire him. I love Jacob Truba. He is a tremendous defenseman. And I'd love to see him on the Habs. Unfortunately, he plays the wrong side, and he's and that's one of the issues that that's what led to his holdout early in the season. Um, is is that um, he he wants to play his his natural side, the right side, and and uh, the Canadians don't have have a need uh, another need for a, a right-handed puck-moving defenseman. True, but great defenseman, unfortunately, just doesn't fill a um, a need. Uh, Ernie D'Alessandro says Colorado is a mess. We don't need Landis Gog and we got rid of a me only player. So why would we want Matt Duchesne? Um, so a lot of mixed opinion, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of mixed opinions on the, uh, all have Facebook page about, uh, Bergevin and what he can acquire before the trade deadline. On the half to 64 question, was it just a win against the Devils or are the Canadians back on track? Uh, David Olinger writes, hold that thought. Habs need to win back-to-back games. They should win, even beat Calgary and the Islanders before I say that. And that pretty much echoes what the poll results mentioned as well. 64% of respondents mentioned that it's just a win. And 36% think the Canadians are back on track. Another one last tweet that we received comes from the Habs underscore retweet. It's in regards to our discussion that we had earlier about Carey Price. He writes, those who criticize Carey Price and say that such goalers are better than him are simply infected by the analytics world disease. So thank you for the tweet, Mark. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. Well, we just read you up some good tweets from our Hams 360 followers and listeners because you guys, you guys are the best followers we can have and just simply amazing tweets that you send us. But Rick, out there, there's some people who don't send uh, good tweets. There, there, that's re- really tr- uh, true, and we have um, we have a whole number of, of uh, tweets to choose from when it comes to bad uh, tweets. But since you were talking about good tweets, there was a couple that you missed. Um, there was one from you just mentioned Habs underscore retweet. He said that he's listening live today, and he said Rick is simply and he did the you know the the nice sign. So there's a compliment there. I think he's agreeing with me on most of the issues. So it's important to, to put that tweet out there as a good tweet. Thanks uh, very sure. much to have Thunder's retweet. That was a very inappropriate comment. And, and what about uh, skills underscore 25, um, who says she's a big fan of the podcast, huge fan of the podcast, but I'm on Rick's side most of the time. Ha ha. Sorry, Chris. What a great tweet that is. We should have more, we should have more tweets like that on the show, I think. <laughs> uh, but our, our bad tweet of the week, and um, uh, full disclosure, this came before last night's game where um, uh, the, the Canadians scored three goals uh, all on the power play, 
but still, the power play has been ranked fifth or, or sixth all season. Uh, PDS, uh, that's at PS Triff, says, um, sarcastically says, I'm so happy we brought back Muller to fix the power play. Oh, my God. No wonder this guy can't hold down a job. Awful, awful, awful. And I just think that's um, our, our, our person there hasn't been paying attention to um, <laughs> the effect that, that Muller's had and the fact that the power play has been one consistent thing um, that's, uh, that's done well all season long. So that's our bad tweet of the week. And uh, one more good tweet before we go. Comes, it just came in from Jason Sonia. In regards to the question of the day, he writes, depends on the definition of second center and puck moving defenseman. Don't expect Duchenne or Cam Fowler to come to Montreal Canadian. So Scott, who sent us the, the tweet earlier, you know, Jason said not to expect him. So, you know, sorry to uh, if your hopes were up, but it's not happening, according to uh, to Jason. So thank you very much, everybody, for your, your, your tweets. Rick, thank you very much. It was a great, what a great show, Chris. Again. Yeah, it was tremendous. Glad to to hear from all the the listeners out there and uh, glad to get their opinions on on, uh, the broadcast as well. Thank you very much as well to Andrew Sadala, guest contributor for allhabs.net who joined us earlier. Go to allhabs.net to read his articles. And if you missed any of our previous episodes, you can go to allhabs.net on the Habs 360 page and you'll be able to find uh, all our episodes. Thank you very much as well to everybody who listened, everybody who sent in your tweets and your comments as well on the Deal Hats Facebook page. My name is Chris G. Next Saturday, we're back for an all-star edition of the Hats 360 podcast. Have a good week, everybody. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.